Hi, and welcome back to Mingus on Tech. I'm Ken Mingus, Executive Editor at Computer World. I'm here with senior writer Lucas Mirian and Android export, expert and guru, J.R. Raphael, who's remote. Hello. We're going to look at what's going on with Android and iOS and which one's most secure. Food fight. Get ready. Okay, so Lucas, what, what caught my eye was you did this story a little earlier this week, taking a look at uh, Android and iOS and which of the mobile operating systems tends to be most secure. And I mean, I think there's long been this expectation that Apple, because it kind of locks things down and has total control over its ecosystem, uh, tends to be more secure. But there are some nuances and, and some things that's going on now with Android that uh, uh, I thought were interesting. So take it away. What'd you yeah. find? Well, as most people would agree, obviously, uh, because it's an open source platform, because it makes up the majority of mobile devices out there, and it's targeted more often because of that, Android does tend to be less secure. Mm -hmm. Everyone I talked to across the board said that, all the analysts. Um, Android makes up 74% uh, of the mobile devices out there. Uh, Windows only makes up 4%, so that leaves 20% or a little more for uh, iOS. Yep. Uh, so those are the two major platforms out there. And as you said, Apple has control of both the hardware and the software. Android, not so much, because you have third-party manufacturers making the hardware. They can also tweak the open-source code, uh, which you know any uh, tweak to the application, to the code is a potential vector for malware threats. So because of that, it tends to be, at least on the surface, seen as less secure. And in fact, when you look at the numbers, um, I, the most recent Semantic Internet Security Threat Report showed that the vast majority, overwhelming majority, of the threats were against Android devices. And in fact, the uh, but the good news is that the threat detections actually doubled last year. So they're they're seeing these de de these threats uh, more often, which means they can also. So the point them. is being that that that, that uh, we're getting better at finding these things, yeah. and then and then theoretically squashing them before they can spread yep. too quickly and too far, right? Yeah, and and here's the what I found really interesting is that there are malware families and then malware variants, and the families remain relatively flat. In fact, they they increased less than they did in 2015. So okay. there are only, I think, four new families in 2016. The difference between families and variants is that a family is a similar threat across the board. It's a similar right. family uh, or similar uh, group of threats. And then a variant is when a uh, malicious attacker goes out there and he takes a particular malware threat and he tweaks it. He changes okay. it a little so that whatever... Uh, threat detection software is out there doesn't necessarily recognize it and it can get through. So, so the whole point is to basically evade detection. Exactly. They, they, they come up with a slight tweak, a little variant of right. the same family, and then hopefully they can get around whatever defenses have already been put up. Right. Those increased. Those doubled last year. Okay. Even though the families didn't, the variants doubled last year. But actually, it's not as bad because in 2015, they increased by 152%. So they've only, you know, in 2016, they only went up about 105%. So they're actually, there were even less variants as well. 
well. I thought it also interesting that one of the points you you, you came across was the way Apple tends to lock down apps in the uh, you know the, the Mac right. App Store because it these things are vetted so so stringently. Sometimes yeah. developers would say too stringently. Um, Apple has a, a tendency to sort of weed out apps or malware that might get into the system um, a little bit better than than Google and Android are doing on the Android side. Yes. Right? And, uh, that, and traditionally, uh, Google has not done as well with that, but they're getting better. You know, that's another point that I made in the story, is that they're tending to lock it down a little better. They're requiring uh, that software developers go through a vetting process with Google itself. Um, so they are getting better at, at protecting the software that's, that's coming out. The other thing I think I want to mention is updates. So Apple you mean operating system operating updates. system updates. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Apple tends to force them, more or less. Yeah, you, you, you get notice get your update after whether you want it or not. Yeah. yeah, one way or the not so much with Android. You know, mm-hmm. they put them out there. Uh, a lot of administrators will ignore that because we are talking enterprise here. There are so many variants of Android uh, mobile that it becomes more difficult to um, push the uh, updates out. Okay. All right. So, Jr. Let me ask you. So that that's sort of the the background that uh, you know we're, we're coming at this from. I, I admit I, I have an iPhone. I have an iPad. I'm an Apple guy, um, but I I also am let, let's say Android curious. Okay, because um, I I really do think that there's a lot going on in the Android ecosystem here. And I, I so if if I was thinking of maybe making a, you know God forbid a switch, um, would I? Can you make me feel? secure or comfortable that that android is moderately secure or maybe we're all wet and it's totally secure i mean i fill me in on what's going on on the android side of things and make me feel better yeah well first of all i think there's some important caveats you have to consider whenever we talk about android security and a lot of them don't come up when you just read the research that that comes along there are uh, four things that i usually tell people to think about whenever we see some shocking headline about you know 10 million users at risk from this or that whatever thing is coming up. Uh, The first one is who is behind the research uh, and what may be driving their motivation. With very rare exception, when we see a story about some big bad Android security threat, it's almost always a company that stands to benefit from the perception that Android is not secure. You look closely, and sometimes it's an obvious name like Norton or Symantec or Lookout, you know, someone that produces software for Android specifically. Sometimes it's some research firm you haven't heard of. You start digging around your website and you see, wait a minute, they do offer security consulting for enterprises about Android. I always think that's important just to know the context. Um, yep. Second, I tell people to look at if the threat is something they're likely to download and install or if it revolves around some weird random app no normal person would ever encounter. So a lot of times, too, you read the fine print of these uh, threads, and it's either something that you would have to go to some website in China and manually download it, you know, ignore every security warning on your phone and install it anyway. It's not something you would find in the Play Store, the official app store on Android, which is where, you know, the vast majority of normal people are getting their apps. Yep. Uh, Third, on the off chance that you did somehow, let's say you go to that Chinese website, you download that, you ignore every security warning, you install it, would your phone automatically protect you from anything harmful nevertheless? Android has actually a lot of layers of security these days, and that's something that Google's really built up over the years. Uh, And just at uh, this year's past I.O. Developers Conference, they announced a whole new thing called Google Play Protect. It's really not new, it's just basically rebranded because there were all these little pieces that people didn't know about, they were hard to see. But in, in essence, what it's doing is scanning for apps automatically on the Play Store, even if you download something from a remote location or someone emails you an app, again, not very common, but let's say you do, it's still going to scan it when you install it on your phone. And it continually scans apps on your phone over time. So let's say 
I handed my phone off to a friend. He downloaded something really shady and I didn't know. I get my phone back and, you know, whatever warning it gave him, I didn't see. Still, in the future, my phone will warn me again because it's going to keep scanning. And again, that's something you don't really hear about when we talk about these threats that, with all this considered, they're kind of more theoretical more often than not. They're not really real-world practical impact. And that brings me to the fourth thing I usually ask people to consider is, has any normal user actually been affected by this in the real world? Because, you know, you hear about whatever Windows malware scare of the moment, want to cry or whatever it is, and you see hard numbers of these this many enterprises are affected, these many consumers, you hear actual stories of people who are affected. When it comes to Android security threats, you really don't because, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is nine times out of 10, I mean, even more than that, the vast majority of the time, they're just theoretical things that were either a demonstration of some theoretical uh, security hole or perhaps something that's just not going to impact you in the, the real world with the way most of us use our devices. So, I mean, sure, there are ways that uh, operating systems, Android or iOS, can be insecure. But thus far, at least from my perspective, I haven't seen a lot of real need for worry from a user's perspective. Okay, yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, one of the things that Lucas had come up in his story was that uh, you know even iOS can be attacked, and there were some uh, some attacks. I think was it last year that yeah. had targeted Apple, even with all of its layers of security. Pegasus. Uh, What's that? Pegasus, Pegasus exactly. Yeah. You know, Pegasus. And uh, so, uh, I mean, and, and, you know, you make a very good point, JR, which, you know, step one is to just be smart about what you're doing when it comes to downloading apps and software. And this is true anywhere. I mean, isn't, I, I, I do get that the, the, the biggest problem <laughs> with techno technology and security is the human factor, you know, and if you're, so what you're saying is, you know, you've, you've got your Android phone, you've updated to the latest OS that you can at least through your, through your carrier. Um, and you're being smart about getting the, the, the software that you're running on the phone, uh, you know, 99 times out of 100, you're unlikely to run into some of these these scare scary kinds of malware uh, attacks that are that are popping up. Yeah, and I mean, I've done a fair amount of debunking of these over time, or kind of reality checking of these over time, where you know, regardless of what the on paper we can say, this might happen. Here are the reasons why it won't happen to you, unless you go in and actively disable every layer of security on your phone, which, you know, no one would recommend doing, of course, uh, it's going to be pretty hard for most of these things to get through to you. You know, that being said, the, the point about upgrades is a very valid point. Uh, Android upgrades is something we've covered a lot on Computer World yeah. over the years, going way back to the beginning. And of course, with, you know, every year, more and more Android devices coming online and more manufacturers creating more variants and carriers doing their own. There is a lot of variability. For instance, right now we're waiting for the Android O release to come out any day, any week now. And uh, Ken and I were just, in fact, talking before this taping about how long it would take to reach different phones. And the short answer is there's no good answer because it's up to each manufacturer to send it out. Google provides the software, but Samsung, HTC, LG, they're all able, because of the open source model, to put their own stamp on it. And so the software goes to them, they have to you know, tweak it the way they like, then send it out. And you know, technical factors aside, there's the just plain reality that LG doesn't have a heck of a lot of motivation to rush out an update. They're not getting 
any financial gain from sending you the Android O update. They're getting a financial gain if you go buy a new phone in a year. Yep. So, you know, we can think about what they're saying behind the scenes, but the reality is most manufacturers tend to be pretty pokey about it. And that's been very consistent, unfortunately, over time. Uh, you know, the one exception to that, which is worth noting, is Google itself. Obviously, Google has an incentive to keep your phone running the best possible software to keep you using the software, to keep you going online, thus seeing ads. I mean, go back to the whole Google business model. But because of that, it ends up providing the best and most secure user experience. And that's why for people who really place a priority on upgrades, which I would argue most people should, uh, Google's own Nexus and now Pixel phones are the really only ones I wholeheartedly recommend for folks to buy, you know, even if we're talking my own friends and family or, you know, readers who are reaching out. Well, that's, yeah. And in fact, I was going to ask you about that specifically, because I, I mean, I do understand that, you know, fragmentation on the Android side has been a problem and it's, and it's a problem really related to the carriers. Uh, you know, you make the point that once, once you've got the phone, they've, they've got the money and they've done what they want to do, which is sell you a phone. And if sure. you're worried that it's going to be insecure or something and you want a new phone, well, boom, you know, uh, uh, the carriers would love for you to. They'll be happy to sell you a new a new device. Um, whereas with with you know on the iOS side, um, the way Apple rolls out its updates every year, every fall, you know, very quickly within a month or two or three, the majority of of, of people on Apple devices have been updated to the latest version of the operating system, which will have you know the latest security uh, you know, flaws corrected theoretically. So if if um, and, and you did t you just touched on this. If I was going to, you know, I'm coming. I don't have a phone, or I'm coming from Apple, um, and I wanted to get into the the Android ecosystem and be sure that I was getting the best experience and you know the quickest updates. Um, really, the answer is is a Pixel or you know, uh, you know something from Google. In terms of yeah, and at this point, Pixel Nexus was their previous branding, and as of last year. For the moment, at least Pixel is the only branding. So yeah, I mean, Pixel is the only viable option, quite honestly. Uh, I'll be looking at it, of course, when Android O comes out, how things go. But with every release leading up to this, no matter what steps Google has taken to try to kind of gently nudge manufacturers and carriers into sending these out a little quicker, we see the same thing. Google's own phones get the updates within a matter of days. Uh, you know, they usually do a stage rollout. So you might not get a day one, but you're going to get it within a couple of weeks yeah. of when, when an update comes out. And that's the same for a, a major OS update if it's, you know, like a 7.1 kind of fix or there are also monthly security patches now which is something that google came out with a couple years ago again great in theory if you have an at&t based samsung phone you may or may not get that security patch you know yep. certainly not you're not going to get it on day one you may get it on day 50 or you may not get it at all not to call out that right 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 that's true of any carrier i know it's not just at&t it's going to be any carrier sure, sure. any anybody anytime you've got a system where there's something between you and the security update or the update that you want there's a chance for you know for friction there to slow that to slow that down and uh, uh, I think people you know do understand that so uh, it so it sounds like basically in terms of the the headlines you know Android iOS they're both secure relatively secure they're secure in different ways and for different reasons uh, always, always make sure that you're downloading stuff from you know an official app store to make sure that it's it's had some level of vetting. Um, last question, and, and this sort of goes to Android O. Um, do we have any sense whether um, the next version of Android has you know have they touted security features that are going to be included in that? Do we know yet you know what things they may have done? I mean, obviously, they're not going to tell you all the details because then someone's going to try to reverse engineer it. But uh, do we know whether Android, I, I presume each version of the Android operating system gets more secure. Is that is that accurate? 
Yeah, and I think it would be safe to say in general, uh, none of the big marquee improvements are security related this this go round. But I think they've also pulled a lot of that back with the monthly security patches uh, in terms of kind of making that a a piecemeal thing. And that's another interesting point on the Android versus iOS upgrade uh, discussion. I think it's safe to say there are pros and cons to both approaches. Apple, certainly you're you know, it's streamlined, you're getting it all from one company. What Google has done to kind of counterbalance that over the years is it's really pulled more and more pieces out of the operating system and made them into standalone apps. So for instance, there's an app on your phone called Google Play Services. That's updated through the Play Store. No matter where you are, what phone you have, what carrier, you get the update at the same time. Just like if, you know, Twitter puts out an update to its app, everybody gets it. Yep. Uh, and that, that app controls a lot of under the hood, behind the scenes security stuff. And, you know, it could see an update every month. Uh, similarly, the web view uh, controller is its own app. So when there are web-based security updates, they're coming out, you know, anytime they can send them to everybody. So a lot of the security stuff on the the broad scale has kind of come out of the OS and they're finding ways to update it uh, in a more of a piecemeal fashion. You know, there is the typical, every OS update you hear on any platform is faster or more secure, et cetera, et cetera. But there's not any big security headline with this one so far. Okay. Let me ask JR something else because So from an enterprise standpoint, uh, if, if I'm in charge of uh, uh, mobile devices in an enterprise, would you recommend that they consider uh, a Pixel phone rather than um, a third-party manufacturer because they're going to automatically get those updates? I think there's definitely an argument to be made for that. I mean, the I think the security updates are probably the more critical ones in that context. You know, you're, you may not be as worried about getting the cool new feature out to your users on day one. But, uh, you know, with security, there's just such variance across the board. What I've often told people in terms of Android, thinking of it in, a, you know, iPhone kind of parameters, is that you can have that sort of holistic, all-in-one, one company controlling the hardware, software, all-around experience. You just have to make that choice. You know, on iOS, you've got this or that model of iPhone, and that's that's your choice. On Android, you've got a million and one choices. But there is that one that is comparable, you know, sort of in theory to the iPhone, which is Google's Pixel, previously Nexus phones. Uh, and those do give you that same kind of, uh, I hate to say safety net, but sort of that, that knowledge that you're going to have the latest and greatest software, both in terms of security and features and then also performance and other things so yeah i mean if if that's what you want and you want that more holistic controlled experience where you know where your updates are coming and you don't have to think this time is it going to take samsung six months or eight months you know which it sounds like a lot of time but that's pretty realistic with how samsung's been wow. sending out updates I didn't realize it was and those long. are the phones most people that's have yeah those yeah. are the phones yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I do a report card kind of tracking their progress on, on sending out updates. And, and Samsung got a flat F last time, which is pretty sad. It was, you know, by far the biggest manufacturer of phones. Certainly, those are the ones most people are using. And uh, Google has a lot of work to do and is treading some kind of touchy ground and educating people about the differences. You know, it's now not only offering its own phones, it's actually manufacturing its own phones as of last year. Uh, and in that sense, much like with Microsoft, it's competing with the ecosystem of partners who are who are creating these. So it's it's a tricky thing, and I don't know that there's a great answer for how they get that message out there. They are marketing a little more with the Pixel, but you ask an average person on the street about Android, they've heard about the you know Galaxy Note, Galaxy S, whatever. Most people don't know what a Pixel phone is still today. I think it's gotten better, but it's still not the the mainstream. Whether we're talking consumer or enterprise uh, product that people know. I want to say one other thing yeah. because this was interesting in my research as well when I was talking to Forrester and IDC. Um, 
Android, because it's open source, also tends to be more friendly to uh, enterprise mobility management software, which in its own right uh, can secure the enterprise compartmentalized ap applications that you can have access to as an employee. Uh, so they tend to go across more, more vendors, um, uh, Android that is. So when it's combined with an enterprise mobility management strategy, it can actually be more secure than Apple from that perspective. That's, that's an interesting point. That. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I hadn't, but it makes sense. I mean, I guess the same way that Samsung can go in and customize the software, in, in theory, a, a major enterprise that has the resources to do it could come up with its own kind of custom version of Android or custom modification. That's right. that's certainly a good point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Great. Well, I don't think I can add anything to that. Did I we solve all the problems? I think we've solved the problem. <laughs> well, you, you've reassured me that uh, if I ever decide to ditch Apple, uh, you know, again, I realize it's hard to believe, but uh, I would feel comfortable, you know, in the Android ecosystem as long as I'm a smart, uh, uh, you know, smartphone user. So, uh, Jr., thanks for stopping by and filling us in with the details. Lucas, thanks yeah. for stopping by as Always. well. For now, that's a wrap.